over the week in these uh, times of offering guidance and instructions on the meditation practice. We've spoken about what we're doing here has this exploration of nature, of natural processes. And I think this is really a a useful description, an accurate and very useful description of what we're doing here. And really goes to sort of our job description as a meditator, as a yogi, is this, this exploration, this investigation, this observation of of natural process, seeing our life, our flow of life, our experience in this way. And we're doing this in order to understand, to see below the surface appearances of things and and really start to understand what it actually means to be human. What is that experience? What is the nature of this life? Looking at at our practice in this way can help to unhook us from a tendency that's very strong to be trying to make something happen or get some special kind of experience or get to some sort of state, arrive at some special place. It's one of the hardest things for us to, to really learn in, in the practice is that that's not our job. That's not what we're trying to do. That's not the, that's not where freedom is to be found. Freedom isn't to be found in trying to create or get to or discover some special state or place that we then inhabit. Because even if we do get to a special kind of state of mind or have an experience that seems very pleasant or blissful or peaceful, it's the nature of that to not stay. It's the nature of it to shift and change. And there's that's not wrong or bad or a mistake, it's just the way it is. And so if our happiness or freedom or okayness, contentment is dependent on a particular experience that by its nature is subject to changing and passing away, then we're kind of setting ourselves up for a lot of work. having to try to get that 
back. Find it again. And mostly we don't have much success at that. So as what we learn is that that freedom or ease or peace or contentment, it can be found that that's found in in our relationship to experience, not in having a particular experience where we have some room to learn and where we have some some possibility to discover freedom is in that relationship, how we're relating to this flow of our life, to this nature of things. That's the arena. That's where freedom and bondage, where suffering and non-suffering are to be found. And so we have various tools, you could say, or (laughs) approaches that help us to actually show up for, connect with this nature, with our life. It's not easy. And we can use a focus on some particular aspect of our experience as a way to stabilize the attention, the way we've been talking, using the sense of the body sitting, the breath within the body. Perhaps the experience of hearing. Something that is fairly neutral and fairly readily available as a place to kind of begin and then a place to begin again, to come back to. And this has great value, utility. It helps us to kind of remember what we're doing and recollect the attention when it drifts off, becomes scattered, lost in thought. in the stories the mind generates. And we can come back to that. But it's not that we're trying to to stay there, to make that somehow exclusive. We use it as a tool in the sense of some directing of the attention for a reason for the utility of that. That stabilizing gathering (coughs) of attention. But then we open to the flow of our life. That's just happening. It's like sitting by a stream and it's flowing past and there's all these things there. bubbles and swirls and leaves and sticks that float on the surface and 
various kinds of beings that live in the water and swim around and things, pebbles and sand and stones on the bottom. It's all flowing past. And at times we can let go of having to attend intentionally to any one particular object. Mindfulness has some steadiness. And then it's just this flow of changing objects, these contacts. Hearing. Sensations of the body, contacts of sight and sound, taste and smell, and thoughts and feelings and moods. And in any moment, one of them may be, it usually is somewhat stronger, a little bit predominant, hearing. Takes the attention Mindfulness arises in relation to that experience. So not so much a choice of of going there, we're already there when we become aware of it. So we can kind of settle back into this sense of awareness Rest back into that. And then it's the flow of changing objects that arise and pass. A sensation. Movement of the breath. experience of hearing. A thought, thinking. And we don't have to go out or pounce on these objects. We can receive that flow a kind of settling back and opening where we just receive the flow of life as it is without having to direct the attention to anything in particular. It's that flow of changing contacts, contact and knowing. And then there are times when it really is helpful, it's skillful to direct the attention a bit more. It feels too scattered, too chaotic. We feel like we're getting lost in the flow. And we can 
Use the movement of the breath, feeling of the body sitting, highlighting the experience of hearing just as a way to, to bring some more stability or resting there. Not gripping it, but resting there and then something will take the attention. It's okay. That's the object. So then depending on the circumstances, we have this kind of a a dance we do between directing the attention a bit more to a neutral object like the breath, feeling of the body sitting, hearing, resting within that experience as kind of a point of departure, a place we can let things gather a bit and then there's the flow of experience from that place of rest. Other objects arise, they're known. Or we simply settle into the flow, letting go of any directing, this kind of sense of broad open attitude of mind. It's just meeting the flow. And sometimes if we use this image of watching uh, the movement of a stream of water, sometimes we attend to all those objects, the swirls and bubbles and things floating by. And sometimes we may have kind of more soft gaze where it's more just noticing that there is this movement, the flow is happening. A bit less emphasis on the different objects and more on the sense of flowing, of movement, arising and passing. And just let it do its thing. We let nature do its thing. It's going to do it anyway. We might as well just relax and let it unfold. And then with this power of mindful awareness, we, we show up for it. showing up with interest and with a kind-hearted kind of attention. We take care of our life by meeting it just as it is. So there's nothing we have to fix or change, nothing we have to get or get rid of. There's no one we have to be in that process.
we let awareness do its job. We let nature, natural processes do their thing. And then we see what was helpful for us. Is it useful to direct the attention a bit more, to find a place to stabilize the awareness? Or can we let go of that and just settle back into this open space, letting life present itself, meeting that with a kind-hearted attention. With a certain kind of trust that what we need to see, we will see just through this process. So nothing we have to do in a certain sense, nowhere to go, nothing to get, nothing to get rid of, no one to be. Resting back, settling back into the flow of experience.
the way we approach our meditation in any particular time is really uh, in some ways an exploration of what serves us, what's useful in the moment in order to um, encourage, support this quality of mindful awareness, what helps us to show up, to connect with our life. with this sense that sometimes it's really helpful that we do direct the attention to something like the experience of the breath in the body, the feeling of the body sitting, perhaps hearing, some place where we kind of stabilize things. We start there. We have this relationship with this of neutral or maybe slightly pleasant experience, aspect of experience that we can connect with to help us uh, stabilize and co- gather the attention, really useful. And that, that may always be there in a certain sense, a place we begin, a place we begin again. But then what we're really doing is this opening to the flow, the fullness, the entire range of experience as it presents itself these contacts at this sensitivity of the body and mind. And so we may be resting the attention within the experience of the breath, for example, feeling that movement, movement at the abdomen, like touching at the nostrils. And then a sound takes the attention, becomes strong. We notice we're hearing, the experience of hearing, that's, The awareness has gone to that. We don't have to then do anything. We don't have to go there. We're already there. (laughs) We become aware of a sensation in the body. It's strong. It calls the attention. That's the object. Become aware of thinking, of a mood, some contact becomes strong enough, predominant, that the attention is drawn there then that's the object. And so it's that flow with this still, this relationship to something that we think of as kind of a primary object or a a place we begin. And sometimes we just let go of that. And it's just this flow of changing objects. And there's no need to uh, anchor or collect the attention in any particular spot. And we may see, well, it's getting scattered and it's getting lost in that. (laughs) Better come back, reconnect. So we have that sense of um, what's appropriate, what's useful. (coughs) Do you have any questions this morning? can also be useful at times in this engagement with our life to uh, check in on our relationship to our experience and even ask it in 
in words, how am I relating to this? Or it can be more a turning without in a more wordless way. And this can especially be useful if we notice that we're in a state of some kind of struggling. Where we notice a lack of, of ease, there's something, there's agitation or struggle in the mind and the heart. To actually look and see, how am I relating to what's happening? may see the mind resisting, may see uh, aversion, resistance to the experience. We may see movement of grasping or clinging. may notice just the mind very confused. There's different relationships to the experience. Now we need to be careful because it's not then, now we have to change that. <laughs> you have to now, you notice the mind grasping, cut it off, make it stop. You notice the resistance, make it stop. That's not the instruction. No one ever says that. It's not then to get into, oh, I've got to fix or change this. I have to make it let go, make the mind release. Wisdom will do that. We'll just let wisdom do its job. Our job is just to see this process, see the how it's relating. Oh, it's like this. Wanting feels like this. Not wanting feels like this. Confusion is like this. Just that direct getting to know, seeing, oh, that's what's happening here. It can un unhook us from the struggle. The struggle. No one, that's never an instruction. Notice your experience and start struggling with it. I have never heard anyone give me that instruction, but I've certainly done a lot of it. <laughs> you know, we, we, somehow we, we, um, we add that on. <laughs> Pay attention and then start working it over and getting all tied, tie yourself in knots. No one ever says to do that. Get all tight. And then, yeah, then uh, here's the really good one. And then start beating yourself up <laughs> about it. <laughs> start judging yourself, telling yourself what a bad, hopeless meditator you are. N I have never heard anyone give that instruction. <laughs> But we, we do these things, don't we? <laughs> yeah. So, um, in asking that, how am I in relation to mm -hmm. it? I find that there's like a subtle, when asking that question, that I get into the thinking, judging, like because I notice, oh, here's what I'm with it right now. So the comment is that when, when asking the question, how am I, what's my relationship, how am I relating, it seems that often there's that in that process of looking there, the mind can tend to go into either thinking about it or often there's a kind of commenting. Um, oh, 
now she's she's resisting <laughs> now they're resisting something like that it's like were you was it that you who were saying someone was saying that they could watch their mind sort of oh now this is happening now i'm doing this oh, yeah. now it's doing that the commentary, the commentary that's oh look <laughs> yeah. yeah so so that can happen and and then then it's to notice that oh there's judging or observing or commenting so you don't have to make that into a problem then then to see oh then that's what's happening now. That makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. You just note commenting, and then you know a bird will sing, and and then it's here. You know, it's then it's hearing, right? It's like it'll 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 change. You don't have to to. Um, like in that in that thing we say, you know, asking the question, how am I relating? It's not like we have to then, we just notice that. We don't have to then get into some big thing about it and try to, you know, there's not a lot, there's not more, we're making that into a bigger project maybe than it really is. So, oh, it's this, this is happening. That's That can be actually, I think it can be simpler than maybe we think it is. <laughs> it isn't like, notice how you're relating and then, get into make and then make it a big project in some way get into a project about how you're relating it's just in that noticing and then if there's the commenting commenting judging judging keep it really simple it's just this is what's happening so i think we we have announcements is it a bunch of them just one oh, okay anything else before we yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there are days that I can be just a, a, a stone and, and you can throw everything at me and it just, you know, kind of ricochets like, you know, it's okay. That's that's that. And there are days you can fleck a speck of dust at me and I'm, you know, oh man, I really take that for Why is that? I mean, is that because I'm delusional this day? <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. Yeah, this is this is you know this is great because this is the first and only time I've ever heard anyone describe anything like this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this is a, a a rare opportunity for us to study a, an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, you know, to say why it's that way. I mean, this is just like you know, you're <laughs> you're not the only one. And some days there is that sense of of you know, we're just like sitting like the earth or like a mountain and, and, and we're not moved. And then there's some days where it just seems like, yeah, the slightest little thing and we're, we, we grab. And you, so you could say that there's, um, you know, there's all kinds of things that may come into play with that. It, and it, we can't really analyze that out. There's all kinds of stuff. But it's, it's just knowing um, that that's, that's normal and natural and, and um, not something that we have to then feel like, oh, I'm, I'm do- I must be doing something wrong. You know, maybe delusion does have kind of the upper hand. It's arisen for some reason. There's more of that lack of clarity or there's some instability for some reason. And then it's, oh, okay, then we work with it as it is and see, oh, rea- reacting, reacting is happening. So um, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to mess up our practice if we just 
you know, but but we have this idea. Well, I was like a mountain. <laughs> I'm supposed to be like the mountain. <laughs> Today I'm like whatever. I don't know what the opposite of a mountain <laughs> is, but you know, we we then. You know, we don't have to str- get into struggling because sometimes we will be like a mountain and sometimes we won't. Um, and that's going to happen until, you know, we're fully in- when we're fully enlightened, then we'll be like the mountain all the time, <laughs> I guess. Okay, I better stop so we can uh, make an announcement. And since I forgot my notes about what I have to tell you, I'm going to let Andrea do it. So... Um I think there's not many of you who need to hear this, but in case there are any of you who are flying out tomorrow um, and you need to print a boarding pass today, um, leave a, ma- a note for the managers with about the time, you know, you have to print the boarding pass 24 hours before, so about the time after which you can print your boarding pass. And then the managers will then leave you a note about it, what a good time to meet them in the office to print the boarding pass. So, I think that's it. That's it? Yeah. So, oh, I have one. Well, I don't know. Last time I looked, there were still two or three empty spots on mine, kind of in the middle. And, um, you know, you don't have to sign up. <laughs> I, don't mind, I don't mind a little break. But... Uh, I think Andrea's was maybe full or pretty much full. But anyway, um, we're going to start those at 9.30. So um, we're going to give ourselves a little break before that. But anyway, I just noticed. And, you know, yeah, I'm fine either way. But there were a couple (laughs) on mine that uh, are available should you have suddenly decided you have a burning need to talk to me. (laughs) You're welcome to sign up. It doesn't have to be burning. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) you you know what I mean. (laughs) 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 See you later.